and welcome to episode 12 of the five sports podcast carly nevis and darren Dazlo with you as always bringing you some more hoops on this episode of the podcast um, really special guests are excited about him but last week we spoke on episode 11 to ap national women's basketball writer doug feinberg really got us excited for the women's basketball tournament and you know, it was kind of an omen of, of sorts for what was to come. Last night, we saw UConn and Baylor um, go at it and, and spark some national attention. You saw guys like Jay Billis, LeBron James tweeting about the game. So Doug said that the game was growing, and uh, we saw it, Darren, come to fruition um, in that UConn-Baylor game. I want to get Doug's opinion. I want to do a follow-up with him, another podcast just on the foul on Dijanae Carrington there at the end of the game, the the most controversial non-foul call maybe in the history of the sport. So, um, yeah, you're exactly right. He he sparked the uh, the interest, and um, it certainly uh, traveled across the nation, which is pretty cool. Definitely. Um, so for episode 12, we'll segue back to the men's hardwood with our next for episode 12 of the five sports podcast, we are happy to be joined by 14 year Mountaineer assistant coach, Eric Martin and his really snazzy background behind him. Coach, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, we'll start with probably the elephant in the room of sorts, uh, the revolving door, if you will, that's happening in Morgantown right now with um, Jordan McCabe, Evan Matthews deciding to transfer, Sean McNeil and Taz Sherman deciding to test the NBA waters. How expected was all of this, and what's your reaction to it? Well, you never expect any of your kids to leave, especially after um, what I think was a good season. It could have been better, but it was a good season. And uh, But, you know, nowadays there's more empowerment for these student-athletes, and I'm not really upset with these guys for looking out for themselves, and not only just Emmett and Jordan, but for Sean and Taz. You know, basketball is a short – you have a short um, – short life when it comes to basketball. You know, most of the guys, 95% of the kids that play college basketball, when they're done with college, they're done. So as far as Eminem and Jordan, if they felt like they could get a better look somewhere else as far as extending their career and playing professional, can't be mad at them for that. Obviously, we don't want those guys to go. And as far as Taz and Sean, it just makes sense with the year both of them had to at least get feedback from the NBA and see you know, what they think of them and maybe get some ideas of what they need to work on uh, if they do decide to return. Coach, two other guys I'm sure that are near and dear to your heart, uh, Gabe Osaboyne and Derek Culver, who we haven't heard back from um, yet. What do you do if um, you're either of those two guys? Obviously, Derek, hard to imagine, you know, if he comes back next year, could he do better than a first team all big 12 season averaging a double double Gabe, obviously the defensive spark plug. What would you do if you're those two guys? And what do you tell them? Well, once again, with Derek, with the type of year he had, you'd be crazy not to put your name in the draft and explore your options. Uh, at the end of the day, uh, if it's between having a guy come back or having a guy go make money, um, I'm going to say go make money because uh, you hear fans, you hear people on TV saying, well, this guy could come back and improve his stock. Sure. That's easy for you to say you have money. They have no money. <laughs> and some of those guys have family responsibilities. And is that, is that fair for them at 18, 19, 20, 21? No, that's just the reality we live in. So um, you want those guys to be able to explore their options. And if they can go somewhere and make 60, 70, $80,000, that's sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollars more than they would have if they were at the West Virginia University. So, uh, 
you try and get them to make an educated decision. So um, if you if you feel like if you come back, you can improve your stock. Obviously, we want you to do that. But nowadays, you want these kids to explore their options because uh, there's a lot of money out there. And to be honest, everyone else is making money except for them in college. Well, hopefully soon with the name, image, and likeness rules, they'll be able to make some some sort of money. Um, right. I want to piggyback on Gabe for a second because I know you played professionally. How translatable do you think Gabe's game is to the pro game? Will he have a, an ability to make money uh, off of basketball? Well, that's a great question. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I coach college. I don't coach pros. And I guess beauty is in the eye of the beholder. So if there's a team abroad that sees Gabe and – his skill set transfers more power to him. I mean, to be honest, when I first got Logan Route, I never thought he would play a day of professional. And to be honest, he's over there killing it. And he's probably going to end up having a 10-year career. So um, why wouldn't you want someone who could guard multiple positions, uh, willing to give up his body for, um, for the team, and just someone who's a winner? I mean, if you look at the games we lost, the majority of them we lost because either Gabe fouled out before the game ended or Gabe was in some sort of foul trouble to where we couldn't put him in the game and utilize his talent. So uh, obviously Gabe's not a great score. I do believe things like that you can work on and get better at. But I think the extra year will probably benefit Gabe because that'll give him another year to work on those things. Coach, just your thoughts on the year in general. I mean, such an up and down season. Boom, Oscar leaves. Boom, we figure out this four-at-one-in thing is pretty awesome. Syracuse, though, and at the end of the year, I mean, there's, there's so many things we could talk about. You mentioned it was a good season. When you're thinking about it now, what comes to mind? What did you like, and what could this team have improved on, do you think? Well, I think we could have improved defensively, and if you've been watching these NCAA games, it's nice to be able to score, but if you can't get stops, you're not going to advance. And – when you look at the losses we had, I think maybe at Kansas was the only time someone really beat us convincingly. Every other loss was, I think, seven or maybe five points or less. And so sometimes that has to do with being able to finish games. I know the Texas game, we missed those two free throws. They come down and hit a three. But if you flip the coin, we beat up real good Oklahoma State there after being down 19. So I think this team, I don't know if we ever tapped our potential. I mean, with Oscar, we played one way without him. I think that way was more um, aesthetic to the eyes. Everybody loved to see a lot of threes and scoring 80 points a game. But I think if we can bring back the majority of our guys, the bad taste that was in our mouth from the Syracuse loss, we could use that as fuel. And I go back to the Final Four team. We lost to a Dayton team in the first round, and we should have beat them. But, you know, we give them credit. They beat us. And for that next year, Deshaun, Joe Mazzula, Wellington Smith, Kevin Jones, Devin E. Banks, they used that pain from that loss to kind of push us to where we were able to get. And uh, sometimes you got to have pain in order to, to give you that extra incentive to want to stay in the gym a little bit longer or play open gym for, I don't know, two and a half hours instead of an hour and a half. So hopefully the guys who come back can use that loss to Syracuse as fuel. But I do feel good about this year. Uh, we were in the top. 15 for the most part for the entire year and we finished uh third fourth in a conference that 70 percent of the teams were in the top 25 so um once again if everybody comes back i feel like we'll have a great year but in saying that the guys that decide to go pro if they decide to leave i wish them the best of luck because you really 
youth, your professionals abroad and in the NBA, that gives you fuel to recruit players. They want to know who's, who's making money, coach, who's making money. I get, I'm going to go there and come to WVU and be on TV and play for a hall of fame coach. But I mean, tell me about who's making money coach. Cause at the end of the day, that that's what everybody wants, whether you're at a high major, low major or mid major. That's interesting. And I think that we should put up a PSA for Mountaineer fans about that because a lot of them don't understand that what you said, they're making money, but the players aren't. So, so you're not in a position to judge these guys until you step physically into their shoes. I was, I think it's a good I find it almost laughable at some of the comments I see on Twitter because here's what I know for sure. There are 352 division one schools. None of those coaches are assistant coaches put their philosophies or opinions on Twitter. So if you have a strong opinion, like the kid, I don't even want to talk about the, the, the twit tweet that was shot at Emmett or, or, or uh, Taz, that was just out of line, but most of the fans, they do have great takes and they're on Twitter, but if you were a coach, you wouldn't be doing that. So I take it for what it's worth. That's why Twitter is there. That's why Facebook is there. Someone can express their opinion, but at the end of the day, to me, they're just opinions. Yes. Um, and everybody has one. I think there's a pun That's that right. goes with that, but I'll, That's I'll right. that. Um, <laughs> um, how quickly do you flip the switch? You mentioned the 2010 team from the disappointment of the Syracuse loss to moving forward. How long did it take you to go through that uh, grieving process, if you will? Well, usually, uh, I, I can't speak for everyone, but for myself, uh, when the season over, it usually takes me that first week just to get used to not having the schedule that we have as far as watching film, uh, getting in there before practice, getting shots with guys, working on their game. And then by that second week, if we're not still playing, I get into really, I'm a, I'm a basketball fan. So I've, I've watched every tournament game that's been on. And obviously there are teams that I'm cheering for, but uh, it usually takes me about two weeks. Uh, in a non-COVID year, we would be out on the road recruiting. So because of COVID, we're in and we got to be doing a lot of Zoom meetings and sifting through the uh, the transport portal and trying to see if we can get guys to add to our team. Because uh, like you said, if those guys do decide to leave, you don't want to start recruiting then. You kind of want to have guys ready now. And if our guys come back, it's a lot easier to tell a guy who can play, hey, we just don't have a scholarship as opposed to two weeks later, you're getting started and Kentucky, Duke, Kansas have been recruiting this guy for two weeks. So you want to be more proactive than reactive. Coach, you bring up recruiting and people have such a passion for high school basketball in this state. There are three guys that I want to sort of chat about here. Isaac McNeely, in-state kid, polka kid, who a lot of people wanted. I think Carly and I can say that we wanted him in the golden blue. He goes to Virginia, right? Jared West, who's in the NCAA transfer portal, who has spoken to you guys, who everyone wants to come to West Virginia. And then Caden Matheny was another guy from university who's at Bowling Green. The importance of in-state recruiting, is there ever a sense of regret as, man, I wish those guys would have come here, or man, I wish we would have been on those guys earlier? Because you've got Isaiah Cottrell, you've got Jalen Bridges, Tavon Horton all came here. Do you wish there would be more or less? How does that sort of work with you guys being the premier school? Well, I feel like the kids you get are the kids you're supposed to get. I don't really look at kids that in the in the future, in the excuse me, in the past and say, man, I wish I would have got that kid because we gave everyone our, our, our pitch for coming to West Virginia. 
Now, obviously, some we got on a little bit earlier than others. And, you know, um, I understand the pull of the golden blue within the state. But in reality, you don't want a West Virginia team with 13 West Virginia kids. Mm -hmm. No disrespect to West Virginia high school basketball. You want kids from other places. You want kids from Ohio. You want kids from Texas. You want kids from Florida. That's the beauty of, 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 of the college of the college experience. And although the three guys you named could all play and do well at West Virginia, for whatever reason, you, you know, Virginia did a better job of recruiting McNeely. Uh, Marshall, I think when it comes to West, that's a unique situation because when it was time to really ramp up his recruitment, we'd already took a commitment from Napper and Jordan committed as a junior. So we really didn't want to have three small guards. Now in hindsight, you could look back and say, well, we should have took Jared because he turned out well, but that's not how recruiting works. If, if, if you, if you hit a home run with all of your recruits, you shouldn't be recruiting. You should be in Vegas betting. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, and you mentioned the portal and I feel like it's added a whole nother dimension to recruiting. You talk about high school recruiting and now you're recruiting in the portal where I think there's over a thousand players there right now. Yeah. yeah and it's going up. I've, I've heard most coaches say they think it'll top off at a 1500 kid. 21 is a bad year to be a senior if you haven't already committed because every other head coach assistant coach I've spoken to said coach I'm going into the portal to get what I need in the spring and so now you got seniors that are some really good players that not to say they're not going to end up at at, at good schools and, and go where they want to go but they're going to be put on hold for a little bit because if I had my choice between a really good senior or a kid who was a junior last year that averaged 12 and six in the horizon conference. I'm probably going to go with the, the older kid because we want it. We want to, and we need to win now. You, you look in the future and you can always get to the future. But to me, my, my career, my job is 21, 22. People are talking about 22, 23. I might not be here in 22, 23. I'm looking at right now. What do we have? What are we looking to get next year? And then hopefully in the summer, they'll allow us to go back out and recruit. Uh, I think not being on the road, if you ask 100 coaches, they'll say that it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And with basketball, it's different because you can streamline and watch events. But I can't imagine like for a sport like football, how do you recruit those guys? I mean, it's all about make, having relationships and seeing people face to face and talking to people's parents and people in their circles and I can do it on Zoom, but uh, it's, it's really not as good as being face-to-face. -face. How active, Coach, do you guys plan on being in the portal this year? I mean, you just mentioned it. There's a ton of options, um, and you guys have had success with it, with Gabe coming over from Arkansas, who's, you know, one of your post guys. So do you guys plan on being active with that this year? Absolutely, and we are already active with uh, – the three scholarships we've had. And once again, you don't know what those other guys are doing. So we have other guys that we're recruiting, but I think as far as myself and our staff, what you have to do with those kids in the portal, you have to find out what's your timeline. Are you looking to recruit? Are you looking to sign with your school in a week, two weeks? Are you going to take your time with this? Because if a kid wants to sign right away and you know, you haven't gotten back from Tav or Sean, what they're going to do, then that kid's probably going to sign with someone else or you, you know, you, you just got to, the first thing I think you do is identify what is your timeline? Are you looking to sign ASAP? Are you going to, you know, take some time with this? That will give you an idea of if that particular 
a student athlete is someone who's going to be in your plans. But um, I believe moving forward, if the NCAA does allow kids to play, transfer and play right away, that's totally changed the game for recruiting. Not that you can't get freshmen, but it's changed the game. And, and, and I've said this many times, the portal could be 2000. Every school gets 13 scholarships. You guys can't all go to Kentucky, Duke, and you, you can't. You're going to have to end up going somewhere else. And so you just do your due diligence. And uh, I think what we have here as far as practice facility, our staff have been together for numerous years, and we got a future Hall of Fame coach. And I think the one thing that all recruits love is, am I going to be seen? And we're on TV for all of our games, and that helps. So we're going we're gonna to look into the portal. But obviously, you have to keep your eye on these these uh, these seniors because with all these coaching changes also, with new coaches, kids are going to say, I didn't sign with this guy. I want to get out of this commitment. So it's not just the portal. It's a little bit of monitoring uh, your recruiting efforts and just making sure you have everybody uh, set up to do a certain responsibility, whether it's be seniors, portal, JUCOs. Uh, recruiting is not a uh, six-month-a-year job. It's really a year-round job mm -hmm. yeah I don't envy your position right now how does the portal work like I, I envision it like kind of online shopping like you just like pick the things you put them in your card and then you look at them like how, how does yeah. it work sort of it's, it's similar to that they they have a portal and you're able to go in there and look at all the names what they don't have which I think they should have they don't have height and 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 weight which people are like well you can do that on your own true but if they're in a portal why don't you put that in there anyway True. but not to get off on something totally different, but uh, the, the players that are, are at our level, we know about because usually those are the names flashing on ESPN saying, John Smith is going into the portal from Florida. He averaged this, this, this. So those are the guys that we, we go after, or at least we inquire about first, but then it's more or less, what do we need? What yeah. does West Virginia, West Virginia needs an older post guy to back up Derek Cover next year. Uh, with Jordan leaving, West Virginia probably needs a combo guard that more shifts to the point guard side so we can put Deuce at the two sometimes and he can play with another point guard in the game. And I think with Emmett leading, leaving, I think we need another wing. But if you saw last year, some of, some of the time we played our best when we played three guards. So maybe the wing is, is something we wait for, but we definitely need another big and we definitely need another guard combo guard I, i'd like to say but someone who's a little bit more natural with the point guard position coach you just brought up deuce who's a phenomenal player is there ever a situation where a sophomore could go test those nba waters or you know explore in other words what, what would you see him doing this year or what do you want him to do uh obviously i want deuce to come back i think uh, another year with this group will be good for him. Um, obviously, Deuce made nationally. He's made big waves and playing a lot of games on TV and playing well in those games. But once again, uh, when I talk with these guys, I say, hey, man, I'm going to give you two pieces of advice. There's going to be a lot of agents calling you. Don't talk to any of those agents because they'll spin you on why college, coming back to college is just the worst idea. And, it's not. And the next thing is talk with your mom and dad, because at the end of the day, this is a family decision. These decisions have ramifications far bigger than West Virginia's one win loss record next year. So mm -hmm. you want kids to look at their options and, and figure out what works for them. I, I, I know a lot of uh, NBA 
executives, uh, GMs, assistant GMs, and they've all said Deuce made big strides in his in, in his draft, you know, prospects. But they feel like another year under his belt could really jump him into uh, I don't know uh, maybe lottery, maybe uh, top twenty. And and that's at the end of the day, that's what you want kids to do make make a make the right business decision. And I think the right business decision. This is just Coach Martin's opinion. I, I, this, I don't speak for anyone else on our staff, but uh, I think it'd be good for him to come back and have another year like he did this year and, you know, take us to a Final Four, lead us to a national championship. That that always helps your 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 case for being a higher draftee also. I think that a lot of Mountaineer fans would love that speech so we can post it because they, they need some security. <laughs> they don't know who's, who's going to be here next year, yeah, so hopefully yeah. too. Would be there. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of that on the football side too. But look, I, I was a student athlete. I played for Coach Huggins. And we went to a Final Four in Elite Eight, and I'll never forget. And we come back from the Final Four, and in Cincinnati, it seemed like on every corner someone was selling a Final Four shirt. And the thing just resonated back then was, wow, everybody's making money but us, man. And as soon as someone tries to give us money to go get a hamburger, that's a violation. Something's not right with that model. Something not right. And as you spoke about earlier with the uh, image and likeness build that's coming out, hopefully that will give kids the opportunity to make some money. And what most people don't think about is if they're making money in college, maybe they're not in a hurry to leave and go play pro ball. Mm -hmm. So you got to breathe one hand to, uh, I forgot the, I don't know how you word it, you know, scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Hey, let's give these guys some, some money so they can have pocket chains and then maybe we don't have to worry about these one and dones because kids will have money in college and they'll be able to help their families because some of these kids that do go to college, as crazy as it sounds, they are the ones sending their Pell Grants home to their mom to help out with bills and things. So yeah, hopefully that works out and all kids are able to take advantage of their likeness. Um, I don't want to let you stop <laughs> with what you said earlier about uh, you might not be here in 22, 23. Um, I, I know that you weren't specific about it, but you know, in 2018, you were named the athletics list of 30 coaches to watch. Uh, what is your long-term goal in, in coaching? Well, obviously, I, I've been here a long time and had a lot of success. And Lord willing, I can get a chance to lead my own program. Uh, there's nothing better. I've talked with enough coaches. There's nothing better than being able to work with someone you trust. There's so much turnover in this business that you really don't know well, for some coaches, you really don't know from year to year whether you're going to have your job. And I feel comfortable here with Coach Huggins. And, but at the end of the day, uh, you can't get great rewards unless you have great risk. And at some point, I'm going to need to step out on my own and be able to show people that I can coach so I can start um, having a program and not just winning basketball games, but being able to lead men. It's more than just coaching. Obviously, I have to win to keep my job. But I really want to just be one of those guys that is the CEO of a program and able to lead young men. And um, I'm a former player, so I'll have a lot in common with my student athletes. We're, a lot of things they'll go through that I can say, hey, I've been through that also. And uh, just hopefully uh, it comes soon. But if not, I, I know I, I have the golden blue. I love it here. My family loves it here. My wife's from Lima, Ohio, so she's able to go see her family and get back home or they're able to come see us when need be. So it's not a bad place. Like I say all the time, it's not like they got me out there digging ditches. So <laughs> if I'm, if I'm still here in 2022, I'll be happy also. Hey, earth to the big 12. I heard there are a couple of big schools in this conference that 
don't have head coaches right now that that school called the Oklahoma Sooners and uh oh yeah team Shaka yeah yeah well, <laughs> yeah well if you listen to the rhetoric on the media Texas is just waiting till Thursday to offer Chris Bird the job his, his buyout <laughs> goes down to four million although even if it didn't it wouldn't matter with all the money Texas has and with Oklahoma I'm sure Lon Kruger has a long coaching tree of guys who have worked on him there that they'll be his first look. If if the world was perfect, and I understand the world isn't perfect, I would love it if my first job was in the state of Ohio because uh, that is home for me now. And I've done so much recruiting in the state of Ohio. I feel like the high school coaches there would hand deliver guys to me that would fit what I'm trying to do. And uh, recruiting smart is better than recruiting hard. So uh, like I said, I'd love to be in Ohio, but if it I got a head job somewhere else, I'd be fine with that too. But in a perfect world, I would love it if my first job was in the state of Ohio. What would it be like without without Coach Huggins, who you came here from the Little Apple with? That's right. You guys have been together for 15 years. Would that be weird without, you know, 15 years without Coach Huggins? Oh, uh, yeah, it would. I've never lived anywhere in my life for more than probably seven or eight years, and that was Cincinnati. So uh, I was talking with someone yesterday about when I was coming to Morgantown, and I was driving down that hill and talking to my mom, and I was, she was like, well, how long do you think you're going to be there? And I said, you know, Mom, I, I'm not sure. I'm just going to see how this works out. Now, 14 years later, uh, I'm married now with kids. Uh, we've been to a Final Four. We've been to multiple Sweet 16s. And, I mean, I wouldn't change a thing. Obviously, I'd win it. I would have liked to have won that national championship for coach. But if everybody comes back, I, I feel we should start the season top 10 at least, maybe top five if Taz and Sean come back. What was the transition like for you between going to be Coach Hug's player to his assistant coach? Wow, that's a good question. Uh, I can honestly say uh, I didn't know Coach Hugs did all that yelling when I signed for him, and people find that hard to believe. But I always say when I went to play for Hugs at Cincinnati, it wasn't Huggy Bear or Bob Huggins. He was just Robert Huggins. I don't know if he'd won 200 games. He hadn't won an NCAA game yet. So the year that we went to the final four really kicked hugs into the national spotlight. And from that point on, the rest is history. But uh, playing, of it, playing for him is, is difficult, but everything that I learned under him, I needed moving forward to go play professional ball and play, uh, working for him has been a dream because you, you want to work for your coach and you, you want your coach to just let you do your job. I've talked to enough coaches in this business where their coaches micromanage and that makes your job that much harder hugs lets you do your job and if you're not doing your job he'll tell you and that's what you wanted the boss whether it's a basketball guy or if you're working at mcdonald's or you're working anywhere else you just want to be able to do your job Great. you don't want someone always looking over your shoulder and hey do this do that just do your job if i didn't do it right tell me hey you didn't do this right here's what you need to do next and uh i think hugs has been like that with all the guys who have worked for him, Coach Han, Jared, Ronnie, Coach Coach Harrison, and myself. And that's why, it, it, you know, it's, it's an enjoyment to work for Hugs because he lets you do your job, but he also gives you a lot of responsibilities. So when it comes to game scouts, you're doing the scout. What plays do you want to guard that the other team does? How should we do the press? What out-of-bound plays do you want? And I've talked to a lot of coaches, and they don't have that type of freedom. And what I'm getting to do here for 14 years is going to be preparing me to be a better coach from day one. And I don't have to worry about learning so much. I can hit the ground running.
Coach, before we let you go, as we end every five sports podcast, we do a little something we like to call a high five, where we ask you five quick rapid fire questions to get to know the fun side of Eric Martin. So our viewers and listeners get to First know thing that comes to my mind. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, first thing that comes to your mind, I'll ask you the question, you rattle it off. You ready? Sure. You guys, were, you guys were stuck in, in, in multiple bubbles, in the Big 12 bubble, the NCAA tournament bubble. What was your hobby in the free time when you get back to the hotel? What in the world are you doing so you don't go out of your mind when you're back? Uh, if I had a scout, I had the Moorhead scout in uh, the NCAA bubble, so I watched a lot of Moorhead State film uh, in the Big 12. I didn't have a lot of uh, – I didn't have any scouts on the board, so uh, watched a lot of TV – a uh, couple books I decided to read. I'm not a big sleep guy. Uh, call a lot of recruits. Those days get long when you're stuck in your room. So uh, just a mixture of things. You're not a big sleep, sleep no. guy. <laughs> I'm, not that. The, I'm, I'm not the type of guy that's going to go to back to the room and sleep. That's that's not me. That's I got you. So when you're not scouting, when you're not doing anything related to basketball off season, what are you doing? Uh, probably hanging with my eight-year-old, soon-to-be nine-year-old daughter. Uh, at the coach, you're gone so much, and maybe not this year because of COVID, but in a regular year, I'm gone so much that when the season's over, I'm I'm at the mercy of her and my wife because uh, I got a lot of things I need to do uh, around the house, or they might want to go somewhere. And I told them, hey, I'm yours until June or July because June or July, I'm going to be back up back on the road. So pretty much whatever they like doing or uh, going for walks, riding bikes, going to see uh, my wife's family in Ohio, traveling. One thing we always hear from coach hugs is apparently how long these trips are to all these big 12 schools, which he's right. They are very long and I'm sure they're exhausting. What is your favorite big 12 town? When you see that school on your schedule, you're like, you know what? We're going to Austin. This isn't that bad. Wow. That's a good question too. Cause I've been to all of them multiple yeah. times. Or the Little Apple? No, my favorite <laughs> probably is, man. I'm going to say TCU only because where our hotel is, we're in the downtown area. Mm -hmm. So it gives you a chance to hit some restaurants that they don't have here. Uh, Cheesecake Factory, I'm a big Cheesecake Factory yes. fan. So that's within walking distance to the hotel. Um, I like going to Kansas only because the, the crowd there is, is unbelievable. And even though we haven't got a win there, We've had three or four chances to where we've just given the game back to Kansas. So I think those are my two favorite uh, road trips in the Big 12. Fort Worth and Lawrence. Nice. So you've been a player under hugs. You've been an assistant coach under hugs. And he's known as the huggy bear. Sometimes you don't see the bear side as much as the, the grizzly side of the bear. What's the moment or time where you've seen him smile the widest? I've seen him smile. Wow. I mean, probably uh, when we beat Kentucky to go to the Final Four in 2010 and when we beat Memphis to go to the Final Four in 1992, he was, he was, I think 92, he was, I don't want to say Hugs was shocked, but I mean, we had beaten Memphis State three times that year. That was the fourth time we played him, but I think he was more, maybe if I were just now uh, as a coach reading Hugs, he was more surprised that he got to the Final Four as quick as he did. And with Kentucky, that was just, I think they did a poll where 95% of America thought we were going to lose to them. And if you look at that team, that six first round picks. So uh, we, it's one thing to have a game plan. It's, it's another thing to play 
the perfect way you drew it up. And that's what those guys did. And a hundred percent of that goes to Deshaun and Wellington because those guys were seniors and they had us ready to go and everybody followed the plan, worked out perfect. Coach, you're the head coach of a two-on-two basketball team. You can only pick one current assistant coach on the WVU men's basketball staff and one former player. Who do you pick and why for that two-on-two team? Okay, I'm going to be the coach. I mean, are you saying I got to pick someone other than myself? Other or? than you cannot play. You are. This is your. This is your chance. This is your head coaching gig. Boom, an assistant coach and a former player as the tandem. Who do you take and why? Uh, coach Harrison, uh, because I've been with Coach Harrison long enough, and he coached me at Cincinnati. He coached my position in Cincinnati, so I know what I'm getting from him. And as far as player. Wow. I like, you got like Sags, Deshaun Butler. Yeah, I'm going to go with Deshaun because yeah. he's a winner. And from the time we got here to the time he left, Deshaun Butler made a total transformation of his body, his game as a leader. Deshaun's the type of guy that out of all the alpha males that we've had here, if you put them all in a room and Deshaun started talking, they'd probably all just be quiet and listen to him talk. And I mean, He's a leader. He's a winner. He's a great guy off the court. So, yeah, Coach Harrison and probably Deshaun. I know KJ is going to kill me for saying that because he is my favorite. He's my first recruit ever. But KJ on this one, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, Cap. Even Javon Carter, I was gonna say too, could be on that list. Or... Yeah, yeah, you can't go wrong with Javon. But Deshaun, uh, he won more games than anyone else in WV's career, and I think I could be wrong. I think he might have more uh, more NCAA wins than anyone else, but. And he's already got his toe dipped in the coaching profession with Wheeling. So another right. one off, off Hugs right. tree off your tree. That's right. That's right. They're, they're lucky to have Deshaun. He's going to be a great coach. Coach, uh, speaking of great coaches, that is you. And we really appreciate the time on our podcast this week, getting to know a little bit of the insight on the party in the portal and um, everything else with it. So good luck. I know after this, you probably are meeting with recruit after recruit. So we appreciate you taking the time. I appreciate you inviting me. And anytime you guys will have me back, I'd be glad to come back. Hopefully when you um, accept the head coaching job, we will have you on again. How about that? Exclusive interview is what we want. You got it. You got it. Thank you. Thank you, Coach. We appreciate Thanks, it. Coach. You guys be safe. God bless. Thank you for joining us for episode 12 of the Five Sports Podcast with West Virginia assistant coach Eric Martin. We appreciate him taking the time to talk about what the Mountaineers might look like going forward and um, obviously the season that they had in this 2020 to 21 year. So we thank you for listening. Of course, the episode is available in video form on our website, wdtv.com and on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week for episode 13.